Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports of the Legend. Along with my co-host, Macaulay Matthew, I'm, of course, William Ramo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get to that in a few seconds, how I'm doing, man. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It's about one of my losing teams. Oh, boy. Yeah, We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, folks. Um, you know, first of all, I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out this show. And on today's show, um, it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be anything positive, especially when it comes to my teams. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Mets season, mercifully, you know, put out of its misery. You know, I'm gonna get into that. Um. The the MLB the, the MLB race the actual MLB playoff race with the teams who are trying to compete. I'll, I'll get into that as well. Uh, the NBA playoffs right here with the um you know the the Lakers they're um they're they're at the brink of uh, potentially winning this you know ending this series you know as we speak. Um, against the Nuggets, and then also that you know we're also going to talk about the Celtics and um, you know Heat series, and then of course we'll we'll talk about um, you know everything else that's going on in the world of sports, including uh, wrestling as well. So um, you know the number is um, five six three. Nine 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 three five two nine. That's five six three nine 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 three five two nine. So feel free to talk any of these uh, sports topics and more. You know we'd love to hear from you. But with with that said, um, let, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the Mets. <laughs> you know, basically, I mean, what what can I say, man? What what can I not, what can I say that I haven't said about the Mets in the past four years? You know they again they don't make it to the playoffs. You know I mean stop me if you haven't heard this before. You know they have an inconsistent offense with runners in scoring position. Their starting rotation is 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 decimated. They have a rookie manager making rookie mistakes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this game, man. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get to this game. I'm, believe me. And we have a double header, so th- we're gonna we're gonna get to this, man. We're we're definitely gonna get to this, man. Man, I don't even know where to start. This this season, man, it's it's a miracle in itself that we actually had a baseball season because uh, obviously, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, but man, this. This season, man, I, I'm literally speechless. I'm literally speechless. 
the Mets they they they've had like they had like three managers before this season started. That Mickey Callaway, who's the worst manager in sports, let alone baseball. You had you had Carlos Beltran coming in, you know, uh, a Met great who's gonna come and try to, you know, um, try to revive the franchise, but as a manager. And then of course the whole, um, uh, you know, Astros um, saga. I don't even remember what kind of gate it was called. It's just this, this whole this whole season has been just a whole one big soap opera. Then you 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 get Luis Rojas, you know, who I mean he he shows flashes, he shows potential of potentially being a good manager, but. You know, I'm sorry to say this. He's he's not ready. You know, he he's not ready to be the the manager. And the problem is, I could live with a rookie manager if you have a if you had a a, a seasoned veteran GM. And Brody Van Wagenen is not that. You know, I like his I like you know Brody Van Wagenen's um you know boldness, you know, uh, of being aggressive and all that stuff, but you know, there's there's a point when you have to be aggressive, and there's a point when you have to just observe the situation and not do a, 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 a you know, a move that will set the, the organization back. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. So, basically, see, he made a blockbuster move last year. Um, you know, he got Cano and Diaz. Obviously, Cano is a Hall of Famer. Had had a has a brilliant year this year. No no complaints about Cano this year. Um, Diaz, as a matter of fact, he had a you know he he bounced back. He started off horribly this year. Obviously, he had a horrible season last year in his first season as the Mets. He's you know he um he rebounded you know lately. But man, I mean this the whole this. Game one, game one of the doubleheader was the whole 2020 Mets in a nutshell. DeGrom, I mean, this guy, man, this guy should, this guy legit should be a Hall of Famer. Did he have a good game today? No, he did not have a good game today. Even though he had, he had a horrible game, you know, he, he went five innings, struck out 10. He, he became... Um, let me see. He has like what forty six strikeouts, so he he ties uh Dwight Gooden for the second on the all time Met list, you know, with um you know, the most starts with a with a strikeout. Only of course when you're talking about Met highlights, franchise highlights, season highlights, when you're talking about which Met has the most this in the pitching, it can only be one man. And of course you know who that is. That is I'm waiting for you, Mac. Oh, you you waiting for me to answer? Yes. If they, if they're talking about season highs or franchise highs when it comes to the Mets, when it comes to pitching, the name, the uh, first name that always comes I mean, up. Degrom. No, I'm talking about historically. When you think of Met Met highlights as a pitcher, or, you know, like franchise records or season oh. records as a pitcher. Who's oh, the first Seaver. name? You there you go. So yeah. Seaver, he leads. He leads. The Mets all time with sixty 
game. He has 60 games with at least 10 strikeouts. So right. after today, you know, DeGrom, he ties with, uh, with Doc Gooden with 46, which is second of all time. But congratulations. the problem is, yeah, congratulations to him. Problem is, he doesn't get any run support whatsoever. So he knew coming into this game he had to be perfect. He had to throw a, a – this dude would have to throw a no-hitter or, or at, at the very minimum a, a complete game shutout for him to even have a chance, for him to have a, a, a shot to go to win a three-peat, a, a, a statistic that no Met has ever done before. And after this performance, unfortunately – that record is, is is still is not in jeopardy anymore because I mean you you had to have seen this game. They lost yesterday. Wait, I'm trying I'm trying to think. This whole this whole season has been a blur. They lost yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did they lost yesterday, but Padres um upset the, the Giants to win that game, which for one day, one day, the Mets had an outside chance of going into the postseason, but they had to win out and have a uh, have a prayer to to get there. Which you know, in Mets recent history, I mean, as you can see, they haven't made the, the players in four years playoffs in four years. Historically, Mets, you know that to me, they are the best expansion team in the history of the game. You can't. You cannot even dispute this. The first three times the Mets made it to the postseason, they've went to the World Series. Sixty-nine, prior to sixty-nine, Mets was the laughing stock of the league. But yet they were lovable losers. They dropped millions, millions of fans, you know, every year. Even though the Mets were a horrible team, but they drew fans. The fandom was rewarded. The, the, the Mets fans were rewarded for their faithfulness with that team, even though they were lovable losers because obvious team of their own since the Giants and the Dodgers took their ball and went to California. So 69, they, were, they weren't expected to do anything, even though they had the great pitching. They shocked the world. They, they won 100 games. They defeated a Hall of Fame stacked um, Orioles teams with, with Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Jim Palmer, and the rest, and Earl Reaver as their manager. So they beat the, that team in five after losing the first game. So, and then, of course, 73, similar thing. The Mets wasn't expected to make it. They shocked the world. They make it to the playoffs. They lose They lose in seven to Reggie Jackson, Catfish Hunter, and the, the rest of the Oakland A's dynasty team of that time. Then 86, I mean, all I have to say is game six, game seven. You, you guys already know the deal with that. No team, no team has team has has that much success. You know what I mean? When the Mets, when the Mets have good seasons, I mean, they're it's historic. When the Mets go to the playoffs, it's a historic time because they rarely make it to the postseason, and when they make it, they make the most of it. However, however, for you to get those those lean wonderful years. You gotta go through a lot of crap as a fan. You're gonna you're gonna go through these horrible games of Mets coming close to to making it to the playoffs, or and, and then they they blow their chance, like '07, '08. I mean, five years ago was the last time they met. They went to the World Series, and it seems like 
2015 was 15 years ago. Far, this team has fallen from from that time. Yes, they have they have you know potential. They have they have some building blocks for the coming years. But the problem that's been that has been you know plaguing the Mets for 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 so many years, especially these last three years, is that the Mets haven't shown Jacob DeGrom any run support whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? You could probably count on three fingers in recent history that the Mets actually scored double-digit runs for for Jacob DeGrom on the mound. You know what I'm saying? But this game was this game summarized the whole the whole year. The Mets had a two nothing lead. Wilson Ramos you know who who had a great who had a very good career as as a big leader leaguer, but you know he he can't. He, I'm sorry, defensively he can't he can't cut it anymore. He, I mean, I think he just had another pass ball as I'm speaking right now. <laughs> he, he just he can't throw nobody out. And I mean, come on. I mean, we all know historically the Mets for the past twenty years they haven't had they, they you know people run on them. You know, ever since you know, even with Piazza, who obviously I love Piazza. You know, that's that's the guy who got me, you know, to follow the Mets, and I've been with the Mets ever since. So I, I this is all love. But I'm saying, for for the past twenty years, people have been running, stealing bases on on the Mets. But at least with Piazza, he was a Hall of Fame guy. You know what? Whatever he, you know, even when he gives up run, you know, he, you know, he can't throw. He doesn't throw people out. You know that that's his only weakness, as a as a player. You know what I mean? Other than that, he's a you know he's a great catcher. You know he calls a good game. You know, but he didn't even he he didn't even allow all these these wild pitches. He was a good he was a good catcher. I mean, his kryptonite was throwing out runners, which is obviously something Ramos has had ever since he's been on the Mets. I mean, before he was the Mets, when he was with the Nationals, he was a a very good player. You know, a very good catcher. The, unfortunately, the Mets, you know, they got him a few years too late, you know. But you know, to his credit, he did hit a two-run home run. I'll give him, I'll give him that. So the Mets had a two-nothing lead. Then it became a two-one lead because I was talking to my father during the game, and you know, I was like, he was talking about, you know, Stevenson. I'm like, I never, I've never even seen this guy. Hopefully, he doesn't do anything in the game that will make me remember him. Sure. And like, and like a sitcom. It's out of here. He hits a home run. And I'm like, oh, man, this is what I was talking about. So now it's a 2-1 lead. 2-1 lead. So I'm getting worried here. Because I, I, knew, I knew in order for DeGrom to get a chance to, to, to have a three-peat at the Cy Young Award, he has, to, he has to throw a complete game. He has to throw a complete game, shutout ball. Shutout ball was out of the, out of the question after that. Then let's see what happened. Um, Rosario, who lost his his um his starting sh- uh, shortstop job to um, Jimenez, who got hurt. Who's I mean, basically he's he's done for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, the season ends tomorrow for the Mets anyway. Um, but in any case, oh yeah, and Conforto, he he um a few days ago he his season ended. out. you know that that's a tough break, you know, for for um Conforto. Hopefully he'll. He'll be back and ready, um, you know, next next year. But back to this game, Rosario he hits a home run, three one lead. 
So you're just hoping and praying that Mets can just somehow hold on to this lead and, and find a way to tack on runs. Because, you know, in, in that game, they kind of had um, surged on the, on the ropes a little bit with his pitch count. So, you know, basically, they allowed a wild pitch that scored the three, scored it three two and and initially when when that's that that the second one scored I'm I've I forgot about the I momentarily forgot about the Rosario home run so I'm thinking the game is tied and then afterwards um, and then the floodgates happened man it, it you know basically um, I think the ground probably struck out the 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 the, the first guy or so in the I think it was the probably the third or fourth, no, the fourth inning, I think it was. Yeah, that was the fourth inning. And basically, um, Stevenson, there goes that man again. <laughs> he, he, he hits a ball, a deep drive. Um, Dom Smith is going back on the ball. He's still chasing after the ball. The ball hits off his glove. He hits face, he hits chest first, then face first. He, he had like a whiplash. It, it slammed right into the wall, lying on the wall. Then they show the, the Stevenson. He's, he's on second, rounding third. I'm, before he even touched third, third base, I'm like, oh, man, he, he scored an inside the park home run. Because throughout this whole time, Dom Smith was knocked out, man. And everybody was trying to chase out the ball. The ball. Sure enough, the game is tied. Three two, uh, three three actually. And then afterwards, you know that basically all every the, our chances of winning the game, our chance of the Guam winning a Cy Young, it, it, it all went up in smoke it, it, with one play basically. I mean there was all those other plays were warning signs of this game, but just that play right there, you know. And it's not obviously it's not. It's not Dom Smith's fault trying to hustle after the ball. He's not a natural outfielder. He's a first baseman playing outfielder. So obviously it's not his fault. But that that right there just sh- showed, man. Like whatever could go wrong could go wrong. It's like the Mets can never win a game with Jacob Degrom on the mound. And then afterwards, um, you know they got they um they got out of the inning. It was what top fourth. Um, Cano hits a ball that was this close, this close to being a home run. That would have gave them a four-three lead, and would have gave Degrom a shot to win, to win the game. But of course, in Met fashion, they they um they put people on base, they got people in scoring position, and of course, they don't they don't do nothing. Serger basically gets himself out of the inning, and you know. The 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 bottom fourth took the lead, and you know, oh yeah, no, actually, wait, let me do the math in my head. Um, let me see. Try to think in my head. Um, no, this would have to be the six. They took the they they took the lead in the six. Cause like the the first I think the first the first um, the first two innings the Grom's pitch count was low. Within the the last three innings, the two or three innings, he threw over like eighty something pitches, and his and he finished the game with like 
with like at least 111 pitches. Like it was it was crazy. It, it was it was just a, a a horror a horror filled game. Man, you mentioned earlier about uh, how the Mets have fallen from grace going to the World Series in 2015, and now you know can't even make the playoffs in a short season. Um, you go back, look at that team from 2015. I mean, guys like Lucas Duda, Daniel Murphy, Cespedes. Uh, Cespedes, uh, that, that's when right. they got Cespedes uh, in the trade that year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, where are those guys now? You know, those guys are pretty much gone. Well, most know? of them, yeah. yeah. Conforto's probably the only guy in the ground on that team. I mean, Familia came back. Yeah. Uh, you know. Harvey's gone. Harvey's gone. Harvey's trying to resuscitate his career. Um, I think with the Angels, but no, no, Royals, actually. But he Grandison. didn't pitch. Yeah, Granderson retired. Yeah, but they need guys like that again, you know? They need they uh, grit, gutty, gritsy guys like that again, you know? Because those guys, yeah. you know, Granderson, uh, Daniel Murphy, those guys, you know, were gritty guys. Yeah. You know, they need to establish that identity again. It's like that yep. 15 team. Exactly. And that's hopefully where it comes in because um, Steve Cohen, he confirmed a few days ago that if he does get approved by Major League Baseball, you know, the what, the 23 out of the 29 owners prove, if he gets approved as the new Mets owner, he's going to hire Sandy Alderson, you know, a blast from the Again? past. To be the yeah, but they're gonna hire him to be the team president, and then he would have the choice whether to fire Brody Van Wagenen, um, you know, retain Brody Van Wagenen, or hi- hire somebody else to be the new GM. So yeah, so basically, all the guys that you mentioned in 20, 2015 were guys that you know were on that that uh. National League pennant team that either he either he drafted or you know was from the you know Manaya's era. So yeah, that you know that's you know hopefully you know they that that um that happens. Hopefully Cohen does get the votes to to go in, and um, you know people are thinking like maybe you know he's hiring the guy because obviously he's you know you know. Uh, I'd say a Hall of Fame executive, baseball executive, and um, and um, you know he's uh, especially with the Wilpons. You know he he um he did the most he can with a with a, a a low payroll, and obviously he won a championship with the Oakland A's um, in '89, and you know he was you know the GM of the team where they they went to three straight three straight World Series. You know, in a losing effort against the Dodgers in '88, which was the last Dodger championship, '89, um, they they won against uh, the Giants, and '90, um, which uh, they they lost to the Reds, which was also the Reds' last championship so far. So I mean, and then he then he um he took over the Padres, you know, which um you know the Padres. 
lost to the Yankees in 98, which I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with that season. Oh, yeah. So that's, Yankee, that's one of the Yankee fans' favorite seasons. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they they definitely need a guy who – they need a guy with experience. And, um, yeah, man, enough enough with this experiment. You know, you you can't have a, a essentially a, a a second year GM and a and a rookie manager, and then you fired your your you, you hire a rookie manager after you fire you fired your rookie manager who who didn't even get a chance to play, and he's replacing another manager who was in his second year, who was a former pitching coach and Mickey Calloway, like the I mean. I mean, it, they the MLB has to approve this deal, man. Because I mean, I mean the Mets. I mean they they they've been long suffering. I mean it, it it's. I mean like, you know when when the Mets are are horrible is when you're watching something to to escape the horrible Mets season that you have, and whether you're watching video games or news, they're taking cheap shots at the Mets. You know what I mean? Obviously, you expect that on you know you're watching the news or you're you're um watching sports stuff. But when you're watching other stuff that's like totally out of you know sports, and they they're taking cheap shots at the Mets. I mean, come on, that just shows you how how bad they've fallen, man. They need yeah. they need Cohen to to um to get um you know approved because not only would it improve one of your your um your your flagship franchises you know uh, obviously in the national league uh, a team with re- name recognition it also promotes all the other teams because if the mets can make 22.4 billion dollars and when all these other teams sell they'll they'll make more too yeah i mean uh, they definitely need some new direction and you know steve cohen might bring that uh, that leadership that the Mets need right now, desperately know? need. You need to you need to you need to add you need to add desperately, and underline <laughs> that. Put down bold letters, italics, yeah. red in red letters. Desperately need it. They desperately need it. That's all I. That's all I have to say about that. Because, oh yeah, I'd even I'd even mention the end of the the um. Something that really pe- pe- the the thing that peeled me the most about this game, game one. I'm not even gonna talk about game two. You know, I, I'm not even gonna talk about that one. Even though we lost five to three, but I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> even gonna talk about that. But game one, Luis Rojas, he he did his best Mickey Calloway impression. The Mets were down. Let me see. The Mets were, was was down. No, actually, it was three three at this point. There was there was run I think runners at the corners, if my ears serve me right. He brings in Diaz, a guy last year who had a horrible year, coming off his best season two years ago. The guy he's pitched to his credit in this this I guess you could say second half, even though we had a sixty year season. You know he's pitched a lot better. He's been more reliable. He's been striking out people. Left and right, you know he's been saving games. You know what I mean? But they bring him in on the road in Washington, not in for a safe situation. 
there's runners at the corners. I think nobody out, if memory served me right. Or maybe even one, maybe it was just one out. And they bring in a dude who's, who's, who's wild. And they bring him into the game. He, he, he gives up the hit. And, you know, that's basically, that's basically, you know, the run, the lead run. And then afterwards, they brought in Harrison. Basically, you know, they got, you know, he got the save. It, I mean, what was Rojas thinking? You don't waste your closer on the road. What about by some miracle, once the Mets realize, oh, snap, Jacob DeGrom isn't on the mound anymore. That means we could score a run again. What about if they would have scored a run in extra innings, which is a lot more easier to do it now because – you know, um, in the um, what you call the bottom of the ninth, you after the ninth inning, even though this is a seven inning doubleheader, you know, in extra innings, you you know you start off with a um, with a runner, runner in scoring position. So I mean, I mean, it's a dumb, what, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think it's good to bring in a closer in a in a tie game, runners no. in the corner? In no. a, on the road. No. What, like, what was the what was the thought process on that? Oh, I'm gonna bring in my best pitcher so they, they, we could stop them from scoring. Okay, very good. But what about if you guys take a lead? Who's gonna close the game? Yeah, who's gonna close the game? Yeah. Jeez, like, like seriously. You know, this season, uh, you know. It, it went by quickly. It was a short season, but you know, and obviously the Mets are not going to make the playoffs. But do you think it would have been different if Strowman and Cespedes hadn't, you know, resigned? Um. Yeah, I think they definitely could have. Well, Cespedes. I mean, he was. He was. Um, he looked washed up in those those plate appearances. If if Cespedes was, you know, he showed flashes like the first game. If he was somewhat to his 2015 role, he could have definitely helped. Strowman, you know, opting out. I mean, you know that helped that hurt the rotation in the, in addition to um, Syndergaard getting hurt. But Strowman, unlike Cespedes, I. I don't fault Strowman. I mean, Strowman, he has shown, you know, that he's a he's a gamer. You know, he's a, you know, he's a guy. He's a he's a guy who wants to be in the spotlight. So for him to t- opt out of the thing, you know, he he must have really had concerns about COVID, which, you know, which was right because once he shortly after he left, you know, um, there was a Met player and a Met um um ex- um. A, person in the coaching staff that got sick I think it was um oh yeah Thomas Nito I think was on that I had it if my memory served me right and uh I forgot so who breaking that. news uh, Lakers just beat the Nuggets behind LeBron's 38 points and some clutch shots in the fourth quarter so Lakers advanced to the NBA finals for the first time since 2010 in a decade mm-hmm. so they uh and this is LeBron's uh, third team that he's reached the NBA Finals with, and the nine ninth time out of ten years he's appeared in the finals. Yep. So, 
congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Much to my chagrin, but you know this is this is what ex- was expected. Um, you know, congratulations to the Lakers. They um, they did what they had to do and uh, knock off the Cinderella team, Denver Nuggets, and you know they advanced to another NBA Finals. And now, um, yeah, LeBron, he's going to try to win his fourth championship and basically win a title for every team he is, every team he's suited up for, which, I mean, that's an impressive feat within itself. So, um, I'm not a fan of the Lakers, but, you know, I got to be, you know, got to be professional. You know, I got to give credit where it's due and, you know, you know they deserve the they deserve um the congratulations you know they they're behind you know they were the favorite to go to the to the finals and you know they they made it happen you know yeah they uh they're they're not going to wait for the win of the heat Celtics game mhm uh, and right now that series is 3-2 in favor of the heat yep the heat yep and uh, the Heat, the Heat, they have a chance tomorrow night. They're gonna be home and they're gonna try to um, close it out there. But they're, but you know, they're also facing a team of destiny as well. You know, the the Celtics. You know, Celtics. You, if the Celtics win, if Celtics win tomorrow night, they're gonna win. They're gonna win Game Seven and, and have, and then we're gonna have another. Lakers versus Celtics NBA Finals. You well, know? you know, I bet on the Celtics before the series, and it was looking too. good when the Heat went up three one. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. If Celtics win Game Six, I think they have a great chance to win Game Seven. Yeah, you, you. I mean, we've been doing this show for eleven years. You know what team I I compare the Lakers to? Of basketball. Well, the Yankees, yeah. Of course. But I was just thinking a few days ago. Well, do you know, some people consider the Celtics as the Yankees. Well, yeah. I mean, Celtics, obviously, they're the winning as yeah, more champions. By one, cha- yeah. by, one, by, one, by one title, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, Celtics have 17. Lakers have 16. Four now. Have I given – wink, wink. Have I given you guys a clue? But, um, yeah, basically – um. Yeah, you know what? What team? What baseball team? I I compare the the Celtics to. It, it just popped in my head a few days ago. There's one baseball team that I, I that is very similar to the Celtics. Well, the Yankees. Well, no, I I I mean, obviously you could say the Yankees, but I would say there's another baseball team that I think is more like the Cel more like the Celtics than the Yankees. Even though you the Yankees obviously more would be like a, the Celtics. I mean Celtics have won a lot of championships. Uh, mm-hmm. who else has won a lot of championships? um other than the Yankees, I guess. Um who's the other other team besides the Yankees? Um well, I'll give point. you a clue. That's a good question. Please it's don't say Mets. No, I'm not, no, not going to see the Mets. Okay. I was of course, I'm not going to see the Mets. The Mets oh, come on. I love the Mets. Oh, Mets. the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers Dodgers would have been a, a, a second guess. Oh. I would say even better Cardinals? guess. There you go. That's the perfect team right there. Celtics, uh, 
Celtics and 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 Cardinals are very similar. They win a lot of they win a lot of championships. They have their own style of doing things. It's like a hard nosed tradition type of championship. You know right. how they win it. Lakers and Yankees they have history, they have tradition, but they also got style. They got flair. You know what I mean? You got the Showtime Lakers. You got the the Yankees. You know, they bomb like. Murders Celtics, roll, bomb, bomb, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Celtics and Celtics and Cardinals. It's like they're they're like they're hard nosed. They win. The Yankees right. and the the Yankees and the Lakers. They have the star players. They have the best players. Like, like first ballot Hall of Famers, like to a T. They're yeah. fl- those teams are. They don't only win championships. They win it with flair and dramatics and. And, and like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about. You talk about the R and the mystique of of the Yankees all the time. You know what I'm saying? The the Lakers have that with the with you know an NBA. It's like you any team. It don't matter how bad. The, like I was saying, like who was it last year when when uh, LeBron came to the team? They're like, okay, LeBron came to this horrible team, man. He ain't gonna win no championship. If you if you go back to this, I'm telling you, folks. Flick, go back to the episode when he came when he came to the um when he came to the Lakers. I said that, yeah, he, yeah, the team is bad, but not only is he LeBron James, he'll attract anybody to come to his team. Two, it's the Lakers. Lakers is the flagship team team of the NBA. Celtics is an extremely close second. Even though Celtics have one championship more than one more championship than the Lakers. Right now, as we speak, which I, which I think um, is going to change um, after this playoff to the NBA Finals. But yeah, that's that's my thought right there. You know, those four teams, man, those are those are the gold standards of of uh, of my two favorite sports. You know, that's that's basically all I have to say about that. And these teams are the winningest teams in in their in their sports. Yankees yeah. have twenty seven. Uh, Lakers, uh, not Lakers. Clippers have no, not Clippers. What I'm talking about. Cardinals. I think they have eleven, which is the most in National League history. Um, of course, the Lakers have uh, sixteen. No, yeah, no, wait. Let me do the math in my head. Sixteen before until this this NBA Finals is over, and then of course the Celtics has um teen, which. You know, I think, you know, with all, where you know, push comes to shove. I think, I think, uh, Heat, Heat is gonna lose this series, even though, even though, um, they're, they're gonna be at two. home. They're yeah. gonna be at home. They got, you know, the Heat has a three-two lead. They got Pat Riley, who also won a championship with the Lakers, the Showtime Lakers that I was mentioning. You know, but yeah, man, the. When the Lakers and the the Lakers and the Heat are in the finals, man, or Lakers and Celtics are are um are in the hunt for for a title run. It's extremely hard to knock those guys off. You're gonna have yeah, to be they, a team of destiny to do that. Well, you know, right now Lakers, you know, they've been playing good defense. You know, they got LeBron and AD, and they got some good supporting players, so they're gonna be tough to stop in the NBA oh, finals. Yeah. No doubt. I mean the Bucks. You know everybody was thinking the Bucks was gonna 
make it to the to the finals, but you know, obviously that that didn't happen. But never bet against the Lakers. I can tell you that. Never bet against the Lakers or the Celtics. If those guys are fighting in the, for for you know, in the postseason, most time they're not. History is on their side. Yeah. So, well, even though, well, I mean, I can't congratulate the the Celtics. I, I guess they saved, they 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 um you know prevented for one game only at least their elimination. Which to me, Heat man, they had the chance to to knock them out. With a team like that, you gotta you you gotta you gotta find a way. You gotta find. I I know it's in you know. I know it's in Boston, but you gotta find a way to 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 close it out. Well, technically, you know they're playing on the same champ, but you know it, it's uh, oh, yeah. really really no team has home court since they're playing in the same gym. Well, yeah, know? I know the bubble. I, I mean, I know it's a bubble. But yeah, but I'm just saying, though, you know, it was technically, you know, a uh, you know a Celtic home game. Yeah, obviously but, you don't have Celtic fans there because obviously it's in the bubble. Right, right. Yeah, it's just not the same, but, you know. Right now it's just yeah, uh, throw it out the window, home court, you know. Yeah. Whatever team plays best, you know, is gonna win, and hopefully Celtics. And I think they're they're more talented than Heat, but they gotta start playing like it, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they want to finish, win these next two games, and I would love to see a Lakers Celtics matchup. That'd be great. But I think if the Heat play the Lakers, the Heat they don't stand a chance, to be honest. Nah, they don't. They don't. They really don't. I I definitely agree with you. But yeah, that's my prediction. Celtics will will upset the Heat and uh win the the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh Battle the, the Lakers yet again in the epic uh, NBA Finals. Yeah, hopefully that's the case, and I win that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of Pat Riley, uh, Tom Thibodeau, he um he says that he's um you know modeling his uh you know his coaching style from from Riley. You know, ever since their um, you know, their days. You know, co- you know when he when Riley was in New York. Yeah, that's but yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, Thibodeau can bring that you know old school defense to the Knicks. That's what the Knicks mm-hmm. need. Yep, more than ever. Because there's no there's no there's no superhero that's gonna come and save them. They gotta mm-hmm. they gotta yeah. draft well. They want to attract stars to come here, they gotta draft well and they gotta gel. And then that yeah. that's that's basically how they're gonna get somebody. You know Definitely. nobody's coming here. If you're gonna if you're gonna get a star player you're gonna have to trade. And if you're gonna trade you, you cannot give up Mitchell Robinson or R J Barrett. You know that that's that's just the way it is. But I do like that uh Thibodeau has some coaches that have success in college and also in, uh, you know, in the in the league. Which you know, basically they have guys who uh, who who are who have a great history of uh, player development. So, 
you know, I look forward that hopefully that these these Nick these Nick players can take their game to the next level. Yeah, I know so. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, speaking of the other team in town, I mean, in in the Garden, well, you know, before you know the pandemic came. Uh, the Next. New York Rangers, man. Oh, the Rangers, yeah. Yeah, they uh, they did a stunner, man. They they traded the long time, um, their long time player, um, uh, Mark Stahl. You know the uh, the defenseman he played, uh, you know, thirteen years with 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 uh, with the Rangers, but you know they they traded him away uh, to the 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 Detroit Red Wings. Along with the um, a 2021 second round pick, and in exchange they're gonna get future considerations. Um, yeah, man, it's it, it. I mean, this is you know, ten years with with the, with this team, and then they they trade them away. So yeah, it kind of makes sounds like uh, when Nick's traded away Patrick Ewing. Yeah, man. Or I actually, mean, no. You, was it a trade or did he sign? Did he just sign? No, they did trade away Patrick Ewing. Funny how oh, you said did, that. Yeah. Um, I think it happened on twenty years ago. I think it was. Um, oh yeah. I think I read it was September. I think I read it was like September twenty one. Um, yeah, sure. Um, uh, twenty two two thousand. So yeah, it's like a twentieth anniversary. A few days after the the twentieth anniversary when Nick's trade away Patrick Ewing and. As you know, the the franchise has never, never recovered. recovered from that trade. I mean, can you what can you say, man? Like, so yeah, this looks like um, this is this is basically going to this might this might be a rebuilding year for them, and you know, this looks like definitely they're gonna get rid of Lundqvist. You know, yeah, Lundqvist. Uh, you know, right now he's uh, he's a uh, past his prime. You know, but he had some great years with the Rangers. You know, got us to the Stanley Cup Finals, mm-hmm. some playoff appearances here and there. Just right. wish he could have won the championship. You know, with I the know. Rangers. But he he looks like he's you know the Patrick Ewing of the you know the Rangers. Yeah, or some people would probably say Mark Messier, maybe. No, but Mark Messier, he won the. Well, yeah, Mark Messier. But Messier did win the championship. Yeah, Yeah. he's more. He he at the time he was definitely Hewing, you know, because he was the captain. But unfortunate, but you know, unfortunately for Hewing, unlike uh, Mark Messier, he delivered on you know his guarantee. Not that it was Hewing's fault, you know, but you know. Basically, he promised a championship, and unfortunately, you know, he he never had the pieces together to uh, help make yeah. it happen. Supporting so, cast, yeah, he had a great supporting cast, but he he unfortunately he didn't have that that you know bona fide Hall of Famer guy you know with him his whole career. You know, he's had some great players here and there, you know, like Jackson and, you know, X-Men and all these other players, but he never had, like, a guy, st- you know, like, 
throughout his whole career. He had Bernard King briefly when he just came out, you know, like in the 80s, but he never had, like, he never had a Pippen-type player that was with him the whole time, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Shifting gears to the Jets, uh, man, the the Jets season has been horrible. And, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people are having doubts about Darno. Even, you know, the greatest uh, quarterback in uh, in Jets history, Joe Namath, he's starting to wonder about Darno because, uh, you know, Darnold he's making, you know, you know, the, the basically the same mistakes he was making in his rookie year, you know, coming, in, you know, in in his third year. So. You know, you got to um, – Donald, he has to turn it around, man. And it just well, – I mean, well, it's not Donald's – it's not all of his fault. I mean – Well, of course not, yeah. The coaching has been bad. Yeah, know? that's – you stole the words right out of my mouth. They should have never hired Gase to, Gase to begin with, man. They had, they had a chance with Mike McCarthy, and they just let him go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, – the coaching has not been great. I mean, some of the play calling, you know, and letting some guys go, man. I, I mentioned last week they should have kept Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. He he, he was. I thought he he, he had, him and Darnold had a connection there. You know, mm-hmm. but they should have kept him. But you know, right now Darnold doesn't have much to work with. I mean, yeah, Le'Veon Bell has been injured. Um, Crowder is he got injured. Um, so he doesn't really have many weapons right now to work with. Mm-hmm. He's like on the island by himself. So it's, it's, he's not. I mean, he's partly to blame, but you know, again, he's a young quarterback, so he's still learning mm-hmm. himself. But yeah, so yeah, Jets have a long way to go. As as are my Giants. Giants are in the same boat. You know, young quarterback, injuries, a lot of injuries. You know, yeah, the. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks like he might be out for the season, oh. and um, we have Deion Lewis right now, and we just signed Devontae Freeman, who was a free agent. He he was a former running back for Atlanta, mm-hmm. so maybe he'll step in the starting role and hopefully he'll contribute. But um, yeah, both teams are not looking good. And then you got, and then you you gonna get you guys are gonna be facing uh, uh, the Forty ers Oh yeah, Forty ers had a well. Then the Forty ers faced the Jets last week, didn't they? Oh yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> don't remind me. Yeah, the 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 Forty ers show why they're the defending uh, NFC champions. Yeah, yeah, they they have a very good defense and they got a good team. Um, and they were complaining last week of a slippy field at MetLife. Mm-hmm. They, there's a few injuries, and they blame it on the field, the city field at at MetLife, I should say. MetLife, yeah. So hopefully that's not the case when they play at the MetLife again tomorrow. But uh, yeah, they whooped the Jets, thirty-one thirteen. Oh, that you know, another asshole might be coming for this New York team. With the <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, so. The, yeah, the Giants are going to try to rebound from their uh, 17-13 loss to uh, the Bears. So, 
Yeah, hopefully he played better than the Jets did last week, but right now it'll be hard injuries. I don't know. Yeah, the Jets Jets are gonna be on the road against the Colts. You know, so good luck with that, but um yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, quickly back on the MLB race, uh, you know, congrats to to your Yankees, man. Uh your guys are, you know, you guys are, you know, obviously as expected going to the the playoffs. And uh DJ LeMahieu, man, he the MVP. I mean, this guy he's the Montel Vontaneous corridor of the New York Yankees, you know. Yeah, I'm Dude. telling you, man. Don't disrespect this guy. I'm telling you, this guy. Yep. He's uh he becomes the first player in the modern era to lead both leagues in batting mm-hmm. average. Yeah. You know? About to win so, that crown. Yeah, it's a you know great feat, and this guy mm-hmm. has been money at the leadoff spot. Mm-hmm. He uh was four for five today to you know clinch that batting title. But yeah, he's been great all year. Him and Luke Voigt. Yeah. They've been our yeah, MVPs. That's, a, that's what I was about to say too. Stole the words right out of my mouth. You know, Luke Voigt, man, he, he, he um he provided the joke to the um to the Yankee offense, you know. He hit his um what, twenty eight second home run coming into today. Yeah. So he's a league in baseball in mm-hmm. home runs. Yep. I guess he got motivated, you know, seeing the other, you know, a superstar player, you know, in in the other team in New York, leading the league in you know home runs. He's like, man, I gotta, I gotta set the world right and let the Yankees lead in the the lead in home runs as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's had a great year, man. For without him, I don't know where we are, you know, this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he carried us off- offensively. Definitely our MVP, I would say. Yeah, for real. So yeah, those guys are 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 you know getting legit um, milestones even in a crazy season, um, you know that we're you know that has been the twenty twenty season. So it'd be interesting to see what their their numbers would have been in a full season. But yeah, yeah, uh, they've been Ford was on pace to hit sixty, I think. Yeah. But um yeah, so as as expected the Yankees clinch the Marlins, they they clinched a wild card spot against uh when they faced the the Yank the you know, the Yankees on what, Friday night? Oh, yeah. And you know what that means? The wild, if uh, the Marlins every time the Marlins win a wild card they win the World Series. So Oh yeah, that's, that's true. Something, that's something yeah. to to keep your eye on, folks. And they have Jeter. Jeter uh, owns the team. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's... They'll have some Yankee magic along with Mattingly. You oh, know, he's, man. he's on. Uh, he's he's managing the team. So they got Yankee. Yeah, they got Yankee Stadium South down there. <laughs> well, both of their friends are Yankee fans anyway. So. Well, yeah. Well, so pretty much Miami. Yankee, yeah. Yeah, Yankee and Mets fans down there. So. Yeah, well, and right now, if the playoffs started, the uh, Marlins would face the sh- Cubs in the first in the wild card. Yankees oh, will man. face either the White Sox or the Twins in the wild card. Wow, Marlins Cubs, man, they should have Steve Bartman throughout that game. 
I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like in 2003. <laughs> and how Moyes yeah. and Salu catch the ball. I know, <laughs> flashback. I'm sure <laughs> Cubs wants to, they want to get revenge for that. Oh, man. And then that that year, they, you know, the Marlins faced the Yankees, which, I mean, who knows? That might be the World Series right there. You never know. Mm-hmm. Never know. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh Brickett ain't there, so you guys got a shot. Well, Josh Beckett uh, <laughs> and Luis some Castillo. other guys. Yeah. That, team, uh, that, that Marlins team was very good. A very oh, yeah. underestimate how much talent they had on that team. I never do. Hello, I never, I never underestimate the Marlins. I, I play against those teams all the time. Even though, even when those teams are scrubby, like they always, they always um, rise up to the occasion when they face the Mets. Hello, yeah. I mean, remember the 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 um the what do you call the season? The season oh seven oh eight. I forgot what they called the um when the Mets um yeah when the Mets collapsed those two years. I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah, I never, I, and this was before the collapses in 07 08. I always, I never, like, the teams in our division, no matter how horrible they are, they always play. They always play up, you know, facing a New York team. Yeah. So I, I never, I never count them out. I'm not, I'm not surprised at, you know, how well they're doing. Because the, the, the Marlins, they, um you know, after they win a championship, they always break up their teams. But, the only good thing that the Marlins have is that they they they're good talent evaluators. Even when they get rid of their blow up their whole team, they always get good prospects back. So yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not surprised that you know they you know you know they're a, a playoff team because it was bound to happen. Yeah, and they've had a lot of talented players over the years. Think about it; they've had. Um, Hanley Ramirez, they've had um uh, Miguel, the late great uh Jose Fernandez. Yeah, um Cabrera. Cabrera Luis Castillo, Juan yeah. Pierre. Juan Pierre, yeah. Beckett. Yeah, they've had a lot of great players. Jeff Conine, yeah, they had a bunch of guys. Yeah. Delgado. Delgado. Yeah. Know, it was a few years or was it a year? No, I think they only got him for a year, I think. My sure right. Before he uh got traded to the Mets. But they can never keep these guys. Yeah, they That's even the have problem. Jose Reyes. Now that I think about it. Yeah. You know. That's the problem. They can never keep these guys. That's why they don't make that. They don't make the postseason that often. I know. A weird franchise. Oh yeah. But they made. I mean, to their credit, they made the most of it. The, they won two two championships. And a wild card. I mean, they haven't won the division yet, but they, most importantly, they won the the championship twice. So. Oh yeah, you know they don't they have the wild card this year, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, what no. Happens. Never know. So, yeah, that's your guys' problems. That's not our problems, you know. Well, you know, first they have to get through the other teams in the National League before mm-hmm. we talk about World Series. Yep. But, hey, look at the the Nationals. The Nationals didn't have no bullpen. But they had the three starters, and they had a, a you know a good offense, and they won it. So yeah, who yeah. knows? Teams get hot. And now the Nationals, they're playing golf with the Mets. They're playing exhibition games, <laughs> you know. And after Sunday, they're gonna play golf. So, well, actually, yeah. now it's Sunday now. So it is what it is, man. Yep. But yeah, let's let's um shift gears to um 
well, I think one of the I guess before we go to that, Angels are fi- fighting for their playoff spot. Oh yeah, another thing is um, uh, Trevor Bauer. He should you know he should um win the win the you know the Young Award in the National League. And um, yeah, he said something um, very interesting. Like he was, he was saying like basically um, that he thinks you know a, a starting pitcher should sign a one-year deal, and um, you know basically bet on yourself and try to get the highest payroll, you know, the salary for for a year. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you you really have to have confidence in yourself for you to do that. I mean, he's a braver man than me. I would, me if I was a starting pitcher, I would I would sign for security. You know, you know you uh, you know what I'm saying like year, you know, um, sign for years instead of one per year. Yeah, if you think he you know he could get the most money per year, average salary by going um, you know year per year and um, staying healthy, which is easily the big reason why I wouldn't sign year year to year unless if I, you know, I guess I'm over the hill and um it is a bit I'm risky not, because the market I'm changes. Like, yeah. I would me personally I would never do that unless if I had no choice. You know, I'm I was, you know, over the hill and, you know, people are aren't aren't gonna just give me a two year contract unless if it's a really horrible team then I would consider, you know, signing a year-to-year contract. But kudos to Bauer. He's going to make a lot of money, you know. And he might yeah. be he might be uh, either Garrett Cole's teammate or even better, maybe even Jacob DeGrom's teammate, the guy who he's going to beat out for this uh, signing award. So, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Guess we'll find out, you know, in the off season. Or in the in the case, Mets regular season. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see what happens. Uh, um, let me see what else. Um, yeah, let's go back. Let's go to you know, WWE. Um, yeah, the the Retribution finally signed a contract, and um, basically. You know, they had, you know, wrestlers change their names. Like uh, Dominic Dajakovic, he's now T-Bar. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they they came with some weird names. T-Bar, Slap, Slap Jack, I think is na- the other one is called. Like, and I heard the rumors was that, you know, the wrestlers backstage were laughing at them. Retribution, <laughs> <laughs> man, like. WWE dropped the ball on that that group already. Well, I do. I uh, you know I am uh, looking forward to seeing them square off with um, the hurt the hurt business soon. Yeah, man, the hurt business, man. That's the best thing that's going on in uh, in in uh, Raw, maybe even in WWE. Like, yeah. And now it's like they're tweeners now with this. Retribution thing, they're not, they're not, they're not like heels anymore. They're like tweeners. They're like, you know, anti-heroes now. Like, yeah, they're the bullying. Retribution. Yeah. But yeah, man, they gotta, they gotta seriously contend for a title. 
But um, yeah, nice. Is it nice for champion tomorrow? Yeah, uh, Clash of the Champions oh. is tomorrow. Yep. Ah, crap! I was here. Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess it's kind of too late for me to do a um a preview. I guess the most important thing is that you know I think uh, obviously Roman Reigns will retain the title. Yeah, that most likely will happen. Uh, you mentioned Hurtman's new title. I mean, I think Lashley is probably going to beat Cruz for the U.S. Championship tomorrow. Oh no, he is the champion. He has to retain it. Oh right, right. He'll retain. Yeah, you're right. He'll retain it. Yeah, he won't lose that title. And you might even see uh, uh, Alexander maybe compete for a title. You know, yeah, here soon. Maybe the um. Let me think. Um, probably the twenty four seven. Oh yeah, he did. He did win it before. Didn't he win it twice? I probably. I think so. Or maybe him and um, Sheldon Benjamin compete for the tag team titles. Oh yeah, that's another thing I haven't considered. Yeah, that's a good point. Them against the street profits. Mhm. Yeah, they're gonna be fighting Garza. Andre Andrade and Garza. Yeah, I think this time they'll finally win. The Garza and uh, Andrade will finally win it. Could happen. Could have a lot of uh, title changes tomorrow. And uh, what was I going to say? One thing I noticed about the um, Andrade, it looks like he's finally using that signature move, that fake kick into the um, elbow. It looks like that might be his finisher now. Oh. Oh, you know... According to that, to the um, how they how that match finished um, last week. I mean, on Raw, right? It looks like it looks like he might um, it looks like that might be his finisher now, because his finisher is usually the um, the uh, what, what you call it? the the hammerlock DDT. But um, you know, he wasn't able to do it. He did the the um, the other move, and then afterwards um. And then afterwards, uh, uh, Garza did the, um, you know, the uh, I'm trying to remember his finish, the the uh, the one wing clipper move. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, um, Oscar's gonna be battling Zelina Vega for the women's championship. Um, I think Oscar's gonna retain uh, Zelina Vega. I think maybe in her next opportunity, she'll win the she'll win the women's title. Yeah, I I don't see Oscar losing title yet. Mhm. Got Drew McIntyre versus Orton, ambulance match. McIntyre will win that. I think Orton will win it this time. Still don't think McIntyre will lose until WrestleMania. Yeah, you might have a point there. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Bailey's gonna win it. And this is who I'm talking. Bailey is definitely gonna hold on to the title until WrestleMania. Oh yeah. So yeah. Nikki Cross, I think they're making Nikki Cross face her too many times, man. They're they're ruining Nikki Cross as a as a viable contender. Yeah, Bailey's gonna hold that until that her big match with Sasha. Yeah, they're doing the same thing they did with Ryback and and Braun Strowman prior to the COVID. It's like they're making these people fight, lose so many times, so many title opportunities. You're not gonna take them seriously. Yeah, Nia Jax. She, uh, her and Shayna Baszler are gonna, you know, uh, you know, put the title on the line against the Riot Squad. I think they're gonna retain it. 
Yeah, I agree. And then you got Cesaro Nakamura versus Lucha House Party. Uh, I think Cesaro's going to retain Cesaro and Nakamura's going to retain it. Yeah, they're not going to lose that. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, Hardy Hardy versus uh, AJ Styles versus um, Sami Zayn. Yeah, that might be the best match of the night. Yeah. I can see AJ winning it. Um, yeah, I think AJ will win. Because Jeff Hardy, I mean, Jeff Hardy could win, but uh, I don't see the point of them making him win it again. But he, I mean, I think he could. Sami Zayn, I mean, Sami Zayn winning it would be interesting because he's been, you know, proclaiming himself as still the champion because he never had the title loss because they they vacated the title, you know, because he, he didn't show up for COVID. So it would have been actually interesting to see him come, you know, win the title and officially be the the champion. That would definitely show that WWE didn't have any um, hard feelings towards him, you know, even though he left with the title. But WWE looked like they're being petty, so I don't think they're going to put the title on him, back on him. I mean, Roman Reigns, I mean, he obviously he left too. Um, but, yeah, Roman Reigns, he's finally the heel. They're finally giving him the edge that they that WWE fans always wanted him to have. So, Roman Reigns, man, he's just going to destroy his cousin. And then yeah. apparently form a Samoan tag team, uh, you know, group with him. Yeah, this is going to be like a squash match. It could be competitive. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be a squash match. Yeah, man. Like, I, at the end of Raw, I thought Roman Reigns was going to spear him. But when they showed the camera of him doing the Superman punch, he looked like he jumped off the Titan Tron, the top of the, the <laughs> Titan Tron, to do it. Like, he didn't even look like he came out of the, um, he didn't even look like he came out of the, um, you know, the, the, the gorilla position. <laughs> like, he just, you know, like he just jumped off, like he was like hiding from a tree, and he just, le- just came out of nowhere. Like he did, yeah. like a instead of a Superman punch, he like he did like a, a, a like that um double axe hammer, you know, off the off the top rope. Yeah, the Macho Man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like <laughs> <laughs> was, that was like funny how they showed that angle. <laughs> but um, yeah, another interesting thing before that was uh was Alexa Bliss, you know, getting possessed by um, Bray Wyatt. And, um, you know, obviously she attacked um, Lacey Evans, hit the sister Abigail, got, um, you know, disqualified. But the interesting thing about it is when um, Roman Reigns came out with Paul Heyman, she was walking away and then she was, like, eerily staring at him, which is kind of... Yeah, I thought she was going to attack him. Yeah, I thought she was going to attack him too, but it just showed you, like, how they're just showing you how, you know, like, she's she's possessed by by the Fiend and how basically that's how the Fiend feels because Fiend is still upset that he lost the title to him. Yeah. Because Alexa Bliss, regular Alexa Bliss wouldn't care about the, about the, um, the title, you know, the uh, universal title. That spirit of uh, Sister Abigail, yeah, inhabiting maybe. the body of uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, 
You know, that could be it, too, because I was thinking it was The Fiend. Because that's what they were, you know, making us think. Maybe it could be Sister Abigail herself that's invading her. But, yeah, now they have to really show um, them, you know, her officially joining him. They can't be having all these teases. It's like right now they they have to pull it off. You know that she's with him officially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they will soon. Yeah, hope thinking that they'll do it soon is like hoping that they will um, end the Dominic Rey Mysterio Cesaro um, storyline. <laughs> oh, and remember I was telling you guys this last week. I hate to say I told you so, but told you. What the the the, the um. Aaliyah Mysterio storyline with Buddy Murphy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They saw that and, now, and then Cesaro, and that's Cesaro, uh, Seth Rollins is acting like she's, um, you know, she's not the, she's not Rey Mysterio's daughter and all that stuff. Some Maury Povich stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, how many kids of his, is, they're going to be accusing of him not being the father. Come on, WWE. First is Jeff Hardy's DUI stuff. Now, Ray Mysterio is not the father of his kids. Like Some more reporters. It's stuff. like 2005. What, what is this, you know? They're, they're pulling rehashing old stories. I mean, I usually like rehashing old stories, but... I mean, come on. They got to be original here. And, uh, yeah, I th- another thing is I think, you know, Lashley will retain the United States title against Apollo. What about you? Yeah, I think he'll retain it. And uh, AEW, switching to AEW, Cody Rhodes uh, returned uh, after uh, Mr. Brody Lee retained uh, the TNT title against um, Orange Cassidy. And uh, let me see what else happened on um, AEW. Um, Jericho is going to challenge one of the members from the private party group to a match. Um, i trying to think what else happened. Um, trying to think. Aren't they uh, gonna, I heard that they're going to celebrate 30 years of Jericho, something like that. Yes, yes, right. They're going to do that. Uh, I think next week, I think. Wow. Let's get oh, is that the I, I have to check that out if that's the case. Um, yeah, uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, well, now he's John Moxley. He is going to, um, yeah, he defended the title against um, uh, Eddie Kingston. And uh, now he's having a, like a feud. He's, uh, the upcoming pay-per-view event, he's going to team up with Willie Hobbs and uh, Darby Allen versus uh, Team Taz, which has Rick, Ricky Starks and uh, Brian Cage. And uh, I'm trying to think who's the other third person. Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name again? Uh, Vance Archer, who's going to be managed by Jake the Snake Roberts. So basically... Taz and Jake the Snake Roberts have a, a, a unholy alliance where basically 
their their guys are going to form an alliance and basically help. You know, Brian Cage is going to take the title off uh, John Moxley, and if he does that, then uh, Archer would have you know number one, be the number one contender. So that's why they have that you know alliance. On uh, you know TNA Impact news, they have um, you know basically uh, Ken Shamrock. He's going to have um, he's going to be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame or the Impact Hall of Fame, and uh, The Rock he's going to actually make appearance. Oh really? Yeah, well, most wow. likely it's just. Most likely it's going to be, a, you know, a tape recording, you know, congratulating his friend, you know, Ken Shamrock. Oh, but, that's yeah, that's cool. that's still big news. Uh, yeah. The Rock appearing on a TNA broadcast, like, that's insane. Wow. That's insane. Uh, I don't know when that's going to go down, but whenever he gets inducted, which I assume is going to be probably Brown for Glory pay-per-view event, that, that, that's going to be an epic moment in, within itself. The Rock, yeah, hasn't up on, the Rock hasn't popped up on uh, WWE this year. Or di- did he? I don't think so. Unless he I don't popped remember. Up in that, I don't think so. he popped up in that promo when they had uh, yesterday on on SmackDown where they had all the Samoans, you know, talking about the upcoming Jey Uso and uh, Roman Reigns match. Unless if I missed that part, I, I strongly doubt it, but. Yeah, he hasn't popped up on WWE programming this year, so that's definitely something interesting to watch. Uh, anything you'd like to say? Uh, you know, just check out my show, iMac. And, yeah, come back here check out Sports Server Legend every Saturdays at 11. Only on Block Talk Radio. You heard the man. Check out iMac. Check out Sports Urban Legend. Um... Oh, 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 of course, um, you know, I'm here every Saturday at 11. Of course, check out my YouTube channel, Switch Up Legend TV. I'll see you guys uh, next time. Peace. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.